Hello. I think my earrings are cluttering. Let me just take them off. It's fine. Don't worry. Oh, it's so good to be here um, in Central. The last time I was here was about over a year ago, and I was um, sharing and then trying to persuade those of you who felt called to come to High Blakely. I'm back for round two. No, not really. So. Although, no, <laughs> no, it is great to be. And I just want to say, I want to commend you guys. As we were worshipping, I just... Remember, there is such a heritage in this, in this space. There is such a heritage over all the years. And I want to commend you guys for being faithful to the call that God's um, called upon King's Church, which is to plant communities and be a community of communities. So thank you for sowing of yourself into Higher Blakely. Thank you for sowing of yourself into Withenshaw. Thank you, because it's not just the people who go, it's the people who sow. So it's all of us together. So well done, guys. Thank you. We feel your support. And it's great that I'm at home in Higher Blakely, but I'm at home here as well. I'm at home in Swinton. I'm at home in Longsight. I'm at home in home. I'm at home in Withenshaw as well. So it's really good to be here. Um, I am going to do this. Is it okay if the big, strong men come and help me just change this to a smaller one? Because I feel overpowered <laughs> by the big... Um, do that one. I'll do that one. Yeah. Norman, you were right. It's too big for me. Thank you. <laughs> the only thing with these ones is that I lean on them and they, you know, halfway through the preach. So it's okay, though. It's fine. So, um, this morning, um, it was really weird this morning, as Dami and I went our separate ways, he took the car and went to Blakely, and I took the, another car and came here. But he's also preaching on the same, um, looking at how we value um, times of worship and encounters. So he's preaching right now, I'm preaching right now. It's pretty cool, isn't it? I know, it's like a lifey. I'm very excited about it. But it's really, really cool, and amazing time of worship this morning. And so, I just want to... Um, I guess talk to us a bit more. I pray that we would be inspired, that Holy Spirit would come, and even if there's stuff that we already know, clearly already doing, as we, the time of worship was so amazing, the worship team were absolutely fantastic, just encouraging us, giving us space to be and encounter God, and I just want to encourage us all to continue in that. So as we continue to share together and share heart and listen to Holy Spirit, I just want you to respond as in how you feel. Just be free. This is a safe place, like Rosie said, to respond to God however that comes to you. So Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here. We thank you that you love to encounter us, and we thank you that there is always an invitation. There's always an invitation to come into your presence and to see you more and to see you clearly and to receive from you. So this morning we say yes to your invitation, and we pray that you would come and encounter us, Holy Spirit. We pray that you would reveal yourself to us again, that you would reveal the Father to us again, and that we would allow ourselves to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 There's several words used in Scripture to describe or examples given of worship. So, for example, to serve, as we know, that that Hebrew word avoda, which to worship is to serve, and this holistic meaning behind it. Then there's other words that describe it more as to minister unto God, just by waiting in his presence sometimes and just being still, um, to bow down or prostrate, to kiss like you would the hands or the feet of royalty, to extend the hands in praise, 
or to play a musical instrument. There's so many other examples of worship given in scripture. Um, and, and, it, and it is amazing, isn't it? That it's, it's, not, it's this multifaceted thing that we keep, keep, keep learning more and more about and don't know if we'll ever get to the end of it. Um, so we won't cover everything this morning, but it's amazing. And at the core of all these things, worship is ultimately a response. Worship is all of me responding to who God is. Worship is our response to the revelation of who God is, to the truth and the reality of who he is, who he is, not who we make him to be, but who he's revealed himself to be in his nature, in his acts, in his word that he proclaims to us. Worship is holistic in that it involves my will, my emotions, my strength, my spirit, my entire being. In worship, we allow ourselves to respond to his love in our emotion. We engage our mind in understanding his precepts, his concepts, who he is. We invite Holy Spirit to fill us, just like Rosie said, the Holy Spirit empowers us to encounter him, to be with him. And he fills us with his joy, with awe and with wonder and adoration for him. And we respond in obedience, and that's our worship. Hands up who's seen the greatest showman. Come on. Oh, what? There's no condemnation. But anyway, everyone should see the greatest showman. It's amazing. And um, when I went to to see the greatest showman, I was a bit late, actually, um, because it came out like last year. But the whole movie, and this is how you know it's a good movie. Dami didn't fall asleep. Um, Dami was awake the whole time. I was really shocked. Um, But the whole movie, I was in a state of constant welled-upness. That, that's a word. But my eyes are just, the, from the beginning, from the opening number, you're like, oh. <laughs> the whole time. And there were moments of, oh, no, <laughs> and you know when you're like, you suddenly realize there are other people in this room. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't care. It's an amazing movie. Not directly related, but I said this week that I had to get into a preach somehow because it was an amazing movie. But <laughs> in, a, in a sense, the way I responded to, to, to The Greatest Showman, it involved all of me. It was like there were moments I was clapping, there were moments I was laughing, I was crying, I was like, oh my gosh. And worship is a holistic response in that we were designed to respond to God with everything, with all that we are. We were designed to respond to him in our, in our emotions, in our, in our thoughts, in our mind, with our body, everything about us designed to respond to him. And so let's close our eyes for a minute. If you would, let's close our eyes just for a moment. I'm going to read out a couple of scriptures. And then as I do, we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and help us respond to who he is, to help us respond to him. So that might look like visualizing something in your imagination. That might just look like you might fall off your chair. That's okay. Something might happen, but Let's just allow ourselves as we invite Holy Spirit to come and help us respond to who he is. Revelation 4 from verse 2. At once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby. A rainbow shone like an emerald and encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures. 
and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a face like a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. Revelation 5 and from verse 11. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Thank you, God. Paul E. Billheimer says, you can open your eyes now, or you can keep them closed. Either way, it's fine. Surely that which occupies the total time and energies of heaven must be a fitting pattern for earth. Sometimes when we... Talking from personal experience, when we struggle maybe in our worship or in giving adoration to God, um, sometimes it's because we've lost a bit of perspective on who he actually is. Because you see, worship is informed. Worship is informed. You have something that you worship and God tells us. He reveals to us his nature. And it's because of who he is that we worship. So he doesn't just say, worship me for no reason. And we see here the living creatures and the angels. You are worthy, the lamb who was slain for the people of earth, the lamb who redeemed us all. You created all things. You are so majestic in just who you are. You are absolutely worthy. He reveals his nature to us. And our response is worship. And so sometimes when we lose sight of that, we can struggle a bit in giving adoration. We can hold back or we, I'm not just in the mood or I don't really feel like it. But we have to keep asking him to keep us in awe of who he is. And the reason we worship is just because he's worthy. It's because of his worth. Every day, one day, every knee will bow down, but we get to do that now willingly. I remember when I, I couldn't have been older than um, seven, and my brother couldn't have been older than five. And um, in my house growing up, there was always worship music going on. So my mum and dad, bless them, even till this day. And they're really good. They keep up with the trend. So, you know, <laughs> they, they, if you call them, they're more than likely not watching the Bethel Spontaneous set on YouTube. Um, it's just true. They keep, and I, I love that. I find so much honor in that, in that as the generations change and as the sound changes, 
they're, they're older now, but they keep up with it. They're like, no, this is an expression of worship, and we're not just going to hold on. Even though some older th- songs have significance and we do value them, they, they just go with the flow. They're really cool. They're amazing. Um, but so in our home growing up, um, there was always worship music playing. And I remember one time, um, specifically, um, me and my brother were watching Ron Canoli's, uh, I can't remember which video it was. I know it was a video. Um, and we were in front of the television, and we were on our knees, and we were crying our eyes out, worshipping God. And I, I looked at him and said, why are you crying? I don't know. Why are you crying? I don't know. And we carried on crying and worshipping God. And it was amazing because in that moment, we knew why we were crying, but I think we were a bit embarrassed and it was like, you know. But in that moment, the, 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 the awe and the wonder and the reality of who God was as we saw him and suddenly felt, oh my gosh, that you would allow me with all my flaws and all my sin to be in your very presence. You don't owe me anything, God, yet you give everything for me. And in that moment, it was, we were reminded, and I always go back and go back to like it was yesterday. I go back, and every time that song plays, it gets to me. Every time I'm like, oh, it's not going to get to me this time. It's not going to get to me. But I don't, want ever, I don't want to ever stop allowing it to get to me because it reminds me of that image and who God is and, and, and that period in our life where we just saw so much of the faithfulness of God as a family. And those songs and those times are really significant as we worship as a family and we can reflect on the goodness of God and we can look at the journey that he's taken us on and we sing those songs together as we travel together and we give him glory and he gives us his glory and we give him his glory back and he gives us his glory and it's this amazing exchange. And this is what we do forever and ever. This is constantly going on in heaven. And because we've been redeemed, because we've been born again, we start now. So we don't wait to heaven. We worship him now and we just continue when we get to heaven because we start that right now. Eternal life starts now. Graham Kendrick says, worship is first and foremost for his benefit, not ours. Though it is marvelous to discover that in giving him pleasure, we ourselves enter into what can become the richest and most wholesome experience in life. It's all about him, the make of everything. And yes, we are changed and we are transformed because he's a good God. He instituted worship so that we could encounter him. It wasn't our idea. We were designed to want to give him worship, and he was designed to receive it and to give us and to receive it and to give us. That's how we were made up. But we must remember, we must remember that it's all about him because otherwise we will fall into the trap of using worship to get what we want or using it as, as some sort of tool, which, which hear me right, when we worship and we encounter God, he does, he speaks to us, he reveals stuff. But the primary reason to worship just to give him adoration, just to give him glory because when we, when we fall too much in, into this way, we, we will miss it. We won't be in the mood anymore or we'll stop when things don't happen that we thought should happen because we've begun to use worship as a tool instead of just pure adoration towards him. Sometimes um, as Christians, we, with all good intention, we say some really helpful things that are not really helpful. So here's a typical Sunday morning one. Maybe it's just me, I don't know. Maybe no, no one has ever said it. But Sunday morning, leave your troubles at the door. Forget about the week and let's worship God. Now, I understand the heart behind this staying, but, you know, you want to focus on God and etc. But the problem is, if you leave your troubles at the door on your way in, you're just going to pick them up on your way back out. Unless you use a different door. I don't know. (laughs) Metaphorically speaking. But in doing that, what we're ultimately saying is, 
In order to worship God, I have to look and be a certain way. So I'm going to leave all my mess here, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to, without intention, put on this facade, because to worship God, I have to be like this. This, this has to be in order. This has, and, you know, and then I'll go back, and I'll sort my stuff out myself. And it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. Like Koffel said, bring it to him. Just bring it with you, because that we're kind of we're taking back that that whole I'm in control and I, I it's my responsibility to deal with stuff, and I've done that so many times where I come into worship and I'm saying to God, just just help me forget about that and help me worship you, and I'm like it doesn't it doesn't seem it works sometimes I guess, but it doesn't seem to work for me. And and what God said to me was, look, Andrew, I don't want you to leave that stuff behind. I want you to bring it with you, because where else are you going to deal with it? I'm here to help you deal with it. And there was a time a couple of weeks ago, it's had a really, really bad week. You know one of those weeks where out of your control, things just go from bad to worse to worse, and you literally feel like there's nothing you can do about it. Everything you try to do to fix it makes it 10 times worse. And, you know, and in that week, during that week, I found myself um, bringing my brokenness to God as worship because that's all I had. I, didn't, I couldn't do the, I'm going to be all, you know, like this before you, because I didn't have that. And I don't think God wants us to have that, because that's a facade. So I brought the brokenness before God, and I said, God, this is it. And that week, worship for me looked like just sitting down in stillness, quiet, saying nothing before God. Worship looked like moaning sometimes, but in his presence, worship looked like, God, I don't understand. I'm confused. And that was what I gave to him. I said, you know, I don't understand, but I'm just here. And for a long time, I have not encountered what I did in worship in those moments. It was, there was something so real and so genuine and so, and it, it pushed me further into him than pretending that stuff wasn't there ever did, because that becomes shallow and, 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 and it's not all of me. When we worship, we bring all of us to him as living sacrifices. We don't leave half of us behind. We are the sacrifice. We are the temple of God because the Holy Spirit lives in us. So when we come to worship, there's something so powerful in bringing everything we are and saying, God, here I am, here is me. I am the sacrifice, which is why we can worship in our work, in our relationships, in everything we do, because we are the sacrifice, living sacrifices unto God. So let's never feel like we have to pretend or impress. God never ever asked us to do that. Never asked us to do that. Psalm 51 and 17. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken spirit and a contrite heart. You, O God, will not despise. And so let's turn to Psalm 73. Psalm 73. If you remember from last year when we spoke about the Psalms and split into five books, and this is book three of the Psalms, particularly speaking about, um, you know, pre-exile and times when they were in exile and post-exile. And so, you know, the, the kingdom of David had no king. Zion was laid waste. Things weren't going really well. And so this is one of, I think, the sons of Korah, Asaph, Psalm, Psalm 7. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation, but feel free to follow as best as you can in yours. Psalm 72. No one can deny it. God is really good to Israel and to all those with pure hearts but I nearly missed seeing it for myself. Here's my story. I came so close to missing the way. I was stumbling over what I saw with the wicked, 
For when I saw the boasters with such wealth and prosperity, I became jealous over their smug security, indulging in whatever they wanted, going where they wanted, doing what they wanted, with no care in the world, no pain, no problems. They seemed to have it made. They lived as though life would never end. They didn't even try to hide their pride or opulence. Cruelty and violence is part of their lifestyle. Pampered and pompous, vice oozes from their souls. They overflow with vanity. They're such snobs looking down their noses. They even scoff at God. They're nothing but bullies threatening God's people. Loudmouths with no fear of God pretending to know it all. Windbags full of hot air impressing only themselves. Yet the people keep coming back to listen to more of their nonsense. They tell their cohorts God will never know. See, he has no clue of what we're doing. These are the wicked ones I'm talking about. They never have to lift a finger, living a life of ease while their riches multiply. Have I been so foolish to play by the rules and keep my life pure? Here I am suffering under your discipline day after day. I feel like I'm being punished all day long. If I had given in to my pain and spoken of what I was really feeling, it would have sounded like unfaithfulness to the next generation. When I tried to understand it all, I couldn't. It was too puzzling, too much of a riddle to me. And here's where it changes, verse 17. But then one day I was brought into the sanctuaries of God, and in the light of his glory, my distortive perspective vanished. Then I understood that the destiny of the wicked was near, They're the ones who are on the slippery path, and God will suddenly let them slide off into destruction to be consumed with terrors forever. It will be an instant end to all the life of ease, and a blink of an eye they are swept away by sudden calamity. They are all nothing more than momentary monarchs, soon to disappear like a dream when one awakes, when the rooster crows. Lord God, you'll despise their life of fantasies. When I saw all of this, what turmoil filled my heart, piercing my opinions with your truth. I was so stupid, I was senseless and arrogant, acting like a brute beast before you, Lord. Yet, in spite of all this, you comfort me by your counsel. You draw me closer to you. You lead me with your secret wisdom, and following you brings me into your brightness and glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? You're all I want. No one on earth means as much to me as you. Lord, so many times I fail, I fall into disgrace, but when I trust you, I have a strong and glorious presence protecting and anointing me. Forever, you're all I need. Those who abandon the worship of God will perish. The false and unfaithful will be silenced, never heard from again. But I'll keep coming closer and closer to you, Lord Yahweh, for your name is good to me, and I'll keep telling the world of your awesome works, my faithful and glorious God. What a wonderful example of worship, of bringing everything that we are to the Father, of bringing the stuff that's going wrong and the confusion, and in his presence, our perspective changes. So when we're not in the mood of feeling slightly disillusioned with life, and the very thing we don't want to kind of feel like doing is the very place we need to be in order to be restored, in order to be filled with his joy. Like Hoffa said, bring it all to him, joy will come. Joy doesn't come by me leaving it at the door and trying to fix it by myself. Joy comes when I bring all that I am to him and my perspective changes. And I remember 
oh yeah, you are wonderful, you are marvelous, I know this has happened and I know this has gone on, but you haven't changed, you still created everything, you still fill my lungs with air, you're still amazing, wow, God, you're amazing, you're worthy of all my worship and all my adoration, and there we go again. Uh, there's a quote by and Graham Kendrick, again, he's amazing, worship has been misunderstood as something that arises from a feeling which comes upon you, but it is vital that we understand that it's a rooted in the conscious act, that it is rooted in a conscious act of the will to serve and obey the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't wait for a feeling to come upon us. Worship is a response. And not always necessarily like a stimuli, like the movie, The Great Showman, great as it is, or a knee-jerk response. Sometimes it may feel that way, but it's a it's a choice. It's an invitation, and it's a choice that we have to respond to who he is. He hasn't changed. He's still amazing. And as we see who he is, as we get to bring a sacrifice of praise of all that we are, we come into his presence and we are changed as we encounter him. And the enemy sometimes will tell you, you're faking it. You're jumping too much. You're just acting crazy. When you don't feel like it and you're like, no, actually, you're worthy, so I'm going to praise you anyway. And all these voices will come. Keep going. They'll, they'll be silenced in a moment. Sometimes we listen to them a bit too much. Yeah, we listen to them a bit too much and we let them hold us back. But that's just the enemy trying to keep us in this place of on dishonesty before the Lord and because he knows he knows that when you get into the presence of God when you bring everything before him where you were meant and created to be that things will change you come out full of him full of power and your perspective on your situation changes and you no longer give power to the lies you no longer give power to those thoughts that try and and captivate you and keep you down because you understand who he is because you've seen him again and that's what we do when we come to worship individually or corporately we come to see him over and over and over again. When we open up the scripture to read, worship is informed. All we have to do is open up the scripture and say, Holy Spirit, wow me again. Don't have to work it up. I just have to receive and see him and be in awe of him and worship him again and again. So as we seek to value worshiping him as a community, let's let's remember those things. Let's remember and let's not hold back. You know, every time we come together, every opportunity on a Sunday or and um, connect or deeper, for instance, and the meeting leader will say, let's not wait to warm up, let's just go. And you're like, okay, uh, right, okay. Let's not wait to warm up, let's just go. Because God's glory isn't warming up. <laughs> I know we do sometimes take time to warm up or get comfortable, whatever it is, but let's just go for it because he's worthy. We can't wait for a feeling to come upon us. We just choose to respond to him. And as we do that, we have more of a hunger to respond to him. And then we worship more. And then we have more of a hunger for him. And then we worship more. And that's how it happens. It doesn't happen because some people are just sensitive and they're spe- the special worshiper guys who dance around and do stuff. That's not why. They just made a conscious effort to will to respond to who God is, to say, I don't care. Um, corporate worship is amazing in that you realize it's not really about you because it's about God and there's a whole bunch of people in this room who are all worshiping God. It's not really about me, so why am I making such a fuss? Just be like David and get crazy. I was, when Rosie was leading, I, I, I picked up my bottle to read and it said carefree and I was like, yes, God, carefree. Not carefree, but carefree worship in the sense of people who just give all that they are to love and worship him and respond whatever that looks like. 
It doesn't matter, bringing all that we are to him. And as we do that, as we give him everything and, and our perspective changes, and as we come into his presence and we sing songs of adoration, we begin to also sing songs of declaration of the truth. As he reveals the truth to us, we sing songs of declaration, which in turn break off lies off us and break off lies off the people around us. We become world changers from a place of worship. Heaven looks like worship. When we worship, this looks like heaven. Heaven comes down as we worship. We worship wherever we are. So it's really, really important. Some things that we value, that we want to we want to um, give space to, we want to give room to, we want to put in the forefront. We want to come on time to worship. Allow me to allow me to bring a, a challenge out of love, and there's no condemnation. But when we gather together, when we value something, we want to be on time so we can start together, so we can hear everything God is saying, and so we can run after it together. No condemnation, but let's come on time to worship God, because we do when we value something. And so just to close really quickly, if I can ask you guys to come back up. And we're just going to sing again, um, just one song. But as we do that, I just want us to really... Again, like Rosie said, let the words wash over us and sing unto God. Let's minister unto him, not necessarily expecting anything in return or expecting anything. There will be, but just singing unto him and blessing him for who he is. We're going to sing one more time as we respond. And just allow, I guess, just allow the Holy Spirit to, if there's something you need to bring before him, again, just bring your whole self and allow ourselves to just express everything that we are to him.